Happy holidays. Okay. Don't think Jocelyn, what are you talking about? It's still warm outside. I know, but guess what? We want to get you uber prepared for this holiday season because what we want is that you can get consistent sales, right? Have steady growth and keep growing your business beyond always having to offer a discount during the holiday season to drive sales. So if you want to get prepared while it's still warm outside, you can jump in and grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount. And it is a bundle of content prompts, tools, hashtags, and templates. And it includes a three-month calendar with things to say every single day from October to December. It is so helpful. So go out, enjoy the sunshine, and feel uber prepared for the holiday season when you grab yours now. Just head to holidaycontentideas.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our Small Biz Founders episodes and podcasts. We're super thrilled to have an incredible business owner on with us today, all the way from across the pond in England. Um, We're excited to invite on Sarah Golfraz. She is the founder of Peacock Supplies um, and also one of our masterminders. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So tell everybody that's listening what Peacock Supplies is. So um, Peacock Supplies is a party and gift company. And we specialize in multi-faith and multicultural celebrations. And so then tell us more. You, yeah. And <laughs> where, where do you sell through and who do you sell to? Okay. So we sell direct to consumer and we also supply um, international retailers and independent stockists across the world. Through your website or or um, through Etsy? So we sell on our website, on Etsy, Amazon, eBay, not on the high street. Yeah, a variety of online marketplaces as well. Awesome. Okay, so it goes a bit deeper though. So I know that it's party supplies, but let's actually get into it because I think when we first met you, we were like, this is an amazing business and business idea because it it, it is such a need for... I guess I want you to speak about um, the need of the market that you found and then how you felt that? Yeah. So it was kind of born out of the fact that, I mean, we we grew up in the UK and um, we got so excited with Christmas. We got carried away and we thought nothing of it. And then when we grew up, we had children and we thought, oh, wait, nobody cares about our celebrations. <laughs> and they're just not excited uh, about celebrating Eid or Hanukkah or anything else like that. Uh, so what we, uh, well, what I decided to do is, I thought, well, I need to be able to show my children the same kind of visual excitement that you would get at Christmas. And we did that through partyware, through gifts, through countdown calendars, like advent calendars, and it just kind of um, snowballed from there. Really, we started off with one collection back in 2016. And we now have, wow, over almost 500 products on our site. 
Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And then so you, what holidays do you focus on? Just so we know, yeah. like what are the main ones that yeah. you know you've brought the excitement to? Yeah. So we specialize in multi-faith. So we don't cover mainstream ones, even though they are faith-based. So we don't cover Easter, Christmas, or anything like that, but we'll cover, for instance, all uh, Islamic celebrations such as Ramadan, Eid, uh, Hajj, Umrah. Uh, we cover Indian and Sikh festivals like Diwali, Vesaki, Lori, uh, Jewish festivals like Hanukkah, Chinese New Year. Yeah, it kind of set every kind of celebration that isn't represented as it should be with mainstream retailers. And you also that. cover Persian and Afro-Caribbean is coming soon, as well as different yeah. things for weddings, right? Um, for, diff- you know, you have the Dulhan shower and things like that. So it's pretty yeah. incredible um, as a Jew, you know, I was I was lucky at some point when we would see like an end cap and target of like... You a have mench on the bench now. <laughs> I have mench on the bench. <laughs> and Monica would take over like an end cap and target perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, and like even Pottery Barn out here, you know, there would be certain things, but it was hard. It's hard to raise children in your faith or religion when there are other religions that are so prevalent and so fun and festive. Cause trust me, mm-hmm. as a Jewish kid, we're like, mom, can we get a Christmas tree? And why doesn't Santa want to visit? So, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it's important and, and having the festivities around it. I mean, again, as a Jew, like it, it's festive, but it's not always decorative, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you understand why we celebrate that, uh, yes. that festival, but it's one thing knowing why, but you want to create those memories as a family and for your child so that they can look back on their traditions, seeing the whole, you know, milk and cookies and Santa and all those kind of things. But why can't we create our own traditions with our children that they will look on, look right. back on and then, you know, pass on to their children? Yes, and that. having access to that. Do you ship to the US? <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, good. <laughs> so yeah, we have, yeah. No, we do have uh, stockists in the US and we do sell directly as well. Mm-hmm. We have customs cleared service throughout the world. Fantastic. And I think that, you know, it is so great the impact that you are making because it is true, you know, our children, as we start to raise our own children, we grew up in a certain way. I remember, you know, not being confused. You're confused because you're in a different place and you don't know how to celebrate. But then when you're, when you grow up and you're like, oh, this is, you know, celebrating Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year, you know, you're just like, oh, this is a common thing. But you know, as a kid, you do, the things that you keep with you are the traditions. They are the visual things because we're so visual that it's like, if you don't really see it, you don't understand it, you know, and yeah. it, it you get lost in it. So I love what you're doing. And I think that it is completely necessary for somebody to really represent things in a way that can be, feel more accessible and feel more fun and feel more festive so we can teach certain things that um you know that we we ha- we have no idea about sometimes you know like how how do we open up this conversation or or whatever and you i also know? think keeping the culture religion yeah thriving as you pass it on like you said yeah. where they want to continue to participate because there's something fun and festive involved yeah we aim to keep children connected to their heritage to their background and you know make them feel proud of who they are and where they come from and we can only do that obviously as parents uh, in ways that connect us all so yeah it's it is a case of just really 
uh, bringing joy to families through our products. But it's not about the products themselves. It's about creating memories. Yeah. So, so your journey was that you realized that there was a gap in the market and then you created it, but these are some incredible products like paper products, you know, plates, cups, you know, the, the typical kind of like disposable party products, but then especially in the Islamic section, you have, it's fully built out. I mean, there's, um, one of, I'm just going back up. You have a countdown calendar for Ramadan, which is beautiful. It's, um, Like a what are they called? The calendars. The advent calendar. Advent, advent calendar. calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's one of our best sellers as well. So we took the um the advent calendar idea and we have in previous years done smaller uh, iterations where we've done you know the tabbed chocolate where it's just like a an A4 size, you know, small tab that you open it. Uh but as competition grew, we just thought, okay, what can we do to always stay a step ahead? stay innovative because that's what we're known for. We're always known for bringing new products to market. And by the time everybody else catches up, we're already looking to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So this is something we're really proud of. It's a must-shaped wooden advent calendar that has built-in lights and it's got 30 days. Uh, So we put sweets or any like toys or treats so it's for adults or kids, really. (laughs) (laughs) So for every day, uh, you open a fast during Ramadan and then, yeah, you take out a little thing to eat. Love so it. how did you, I mean, I think you're pretty creative and we can talk about your other business as well a little bit, but how did you start to source and you don't have to give sources, but it, you know, a lot of people have ideas, but not everyone can bring it to fruition the way that you have. So sort of, did you ever feel stuck or you're just like, you're the kind of person that's like, I've got an idea. I'm going to go figure it out. Yeah, I am like that. I'm like a very determined kind of person. So, I mean, I can hear like a 10 nose. It doesn't matter. I'll keep going. So what happened was, um, as every new entrepreneur starts, when they look into source, they go on all these kind of like Alibaba and all those kind of places. And I wasn't really getting much luck from that aspect. Uh, I was also at the time running a, um, a dinner set company, which is still running in its background. It kind of just runs itself. And what I did was we had a very good relationship with that factory, but they only specialized in ceramic products. So then uh, I kind of reached out to um, our main account manager and I said, look, uh, we have a party company. We're really struggling with some of the factories communicating and so on and so on. And what eventually evolved into her becoming our like full-time employee. (laughs) So we now employ someone in China who every day throughout the year sources, uh, quality checks, goes to factories, does everything basically from A to Z. So we're literally only designing. We just tell her, if I can dream it and design it, she can get it made. Amazing. (laughs) From somewhere. Yeah. So lucky to have. And, you know, and that's the thing if I think about asking questions, right? You know, like when Uh people, people might just stop at an idea and be like, I can't find the source, but then you started resourcing people to see if they had a connection or not. Yeah. So we thought, you know, this person, obviously there's not much of a language barrier, really. She works well with us, we've known her for a few years. Why not? And then obviously, because, um, and we've obviously helped her out as well because of the initial, you know, aspect of it. But um, yeah, it's been working well for, wow, five, six years now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified of losing it. (laughs) Knock on wood. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) So 
Mina and I were just talking about how some people in our community are having trouble figuring out how to price their products so they can actually make a profit. And if this is you, I want to tell you you're not alone. So just imagine what it could be like if you were a hundred percent confident in your pricing and you can sell your products on any platform without worrying about offering a discount, losing money or burning out. That's why we're so excited to bring you the pricing your products for profit system. This is your key to pricing your products correctly for multiple platforms so that you can take what you do from an expensive hobby to a profitable business. So inside, we will walk you through step-by-step in the pricing your products for profit system workshop and the pricing for profit formula. You also get the pricing mindset training and the pricing questions bank to get all your burning questions answered. And right now you can get the two workshops, this incredible system and formula for just $17. Yeah. I said just $17. So head to the productboss.com slash pricing to get instant access for the win. Do you work with your husband? Is that right? Or no, um, no. Oh. my husband is very supportive. Uh, uh-huh. and yeah, we do a lot together. He's kind of a sounding board and, um, uh-huh. but no, he has a full-time job. Do you have a partner oh, okay. in this? No. No? Oh, I think maybe you say we a lot. And so we maybe yeah. thought there was a we. Oh, yeah. I say we a lot, but I mean, as in, I've always said we. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I say we as in my team, but right. uh-huh. I even I even just say we when it was just me. And I just feel like, I don't know whether there's a bit of an imposter syndrome kind of thing going on there, but I feel like I have to show it's not just me totally. when it is really just me. <laughs> yeah. No, I used to do the same thing. No, whereas, I love it. Yeah. yeah we as a business or, you know, or me, yeah. fake, me fake secretary going like, yes, Jacqueline, we'll get back to you. Okay. It's Jacqueline. <laughs> Did you have a fake name that you would sign off? We have had, we didn't, we used to have, um, we, we had have Karen we had before Karen. Karen was a thing against yeah. Karen's, uh, yeah. which is so funny. Which we I love all you Karen's told out there, like actual named Karen to the public. Yeah. yeah. But we had to name um, a customer service rep that was kind of like, you know, got to the point, got business taken care of. And we got to choose the fake name because it was a customer service team. And we chose the name Karen. Well, the foresight was that the world was going to turn against all Karens. You know, like we had no idea. So um, she does take care of business still. She was our big boss lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was the funny thing. But yeah, I, for some reason, I thought that you worked with your husband. But this, you know, when you were growing up, did you happen to have entrepreneurial experiences or uh, influences? Because, you know, you've started a business, you've been in it for a very long time, you know, and was it something that came naturally to you or how did you begin that journey? It came very naturally to me as soon as I became a teenager. I was very entrepreneurial in that I was always looking for something to do uh, other than whatever my part-time or full-time job was at the time. So I've actually built up several businesses and sold them on or morphed it into something else. But growing up, no. I mean, uh, like you both, I also have immigrant parents. Um, but they, none of them, or uncles and aunts, they didn't really start any business or anything like that. Uh, they just went into normal jobs and that's all we had growing up. So I didn't really know anyone with their own business. Yeah. Wow. So then you just, you, cause England's a bit different. I mean, I'm, I'm half English, but English, England is a bit different, right? It's a bit more traditional, less sort of just go out on your own, start um, your business. Do the yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I suppose it really depends on what kind of upbringing you have, what city you live in, what your right. immediate community is like as well. So are you surrounded more, by entrepreneurs yeah. or you were just entrepreneurial? Because it's it's a brisk, just right? Entrepreneurial. Yeah, <laughs> okay. just entrepreneurial. I don't have I don't have anyone in my city that I can relate to friends or anything like that that have businesses of their own. So I have to go out of my way to find those people. And obviously I found you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> as well years ago. So I've been listening to your podcast for years. But I have to deliberately travel quite far out, say to London or somewhere, just to network with other business owners. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty incredible as you know, a first first generation, your parents are immigrants that you were then did they did they want you to go to school? Like, did they want you to do something else, or were how are, do your parents support your decision and becoming an entrepreneur and growing businesses? Um, do they know you own they, a business? <laughs> me and his mom isn't sure still. Uh, no, uh, they do. Uh, but to be honest, even to this day, well, not, they know more now. But um, in the early years, it was just kind of like she's doing her own thing. We don't ask too many questions. She's married, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, well, she's married. Her. It sounds like her husband yeah. has a full time job. <laughs> yeah, so he has a very good job. So it was kind of like I don't know whether they thought I was like a lady of leisure and I have you know all the free time to do whatever I want. But I've always worked since I was sixteen. So. I've never not worked. Um, even after having kids, I went straight back to work as well. So it's just always been in me to kind of keep pushing forward and keep trying new things. And I've never had any driving force behind it other than my own will, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I was I was reflecting on that a bit earlier for me as well, where I, you know, one of the interviews we had was um it was with Maria Desmondi, and she was saying that her dad bought her a car, but she had to make the car payments every month to him. And if she was late, she'd have to pay $25, um, like a late fee. (laughs) And I was thinking about when I was growing up, my dad didn't want us to work. So he, he offered to pay me not to work. I don't know. I don't know if it was like he didn't want that for us to work that early because he started working at 13. I, I don't know what it was, but I did not want to be paid by him. I wanted to go get my own job and make my own money. And it was just in me, right? So it's just really interesting how each of us pulls from the experiences that we have in our own relationship to it. And then what we go out and do as young people, sure. as adults, yeah. whatever I mean, it is. My, parents, yeah. my first job was detasseling corn. It is the hardest job to this day that I've ever had in my life. I kid you not. So hard. It's like you literally in the fields at five o'clock in the morning, the cornfields. I mean, I probably could have been murdered. But, anyways, um, <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> horror movie, to be honest. <laughs> you go out in the crew, the leaves are all wet, and you're having to pull tassels with your arms. So, not only is oh, it wow. full body, and then the sun starts beating down on you. And this was before I was like cognizant of wearing sunblock because I'm just a child at 12 years old or 13 years old. And I would get burnt even behind my ears and everything. It was a crazy thing. And, but you're all sopping wet because the dew on the leaves, but it's so hot. But you can't wear uh, you know, like a tank top because the corn will slit you. So mm. it's just the craziest thing. Yeah. And um, I don't want my kids to work that hard. I do want them to work hard, you know, but I think this is an interesting conversation. Like what was your first job? My first job was, you know, Kipling's, the cake maker. Okay. They sound familiar. Yeah. Their tagline is exceedingly good cakes. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. they do like uh, lemon bars and country slices and cherry bakewells, but like kind of... um, small sizes. So my first job. Watering I know. I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. 
<laughs> so literally, uh, my job, well, I was at the factory and we would be packing the sweets, sorry, sorry, the cakes into boxes or as they're coming across the conveyor belt, the cherry bake wells, while the icing still wet, pouring a candied uh, cherries directly in the center of each cake, mini cake. <laughs> so yeah, it was very... Um, tedious repetitive work and but i still, only you did learned it. about factories <laughs> and production right? yeah. how smart of them kiplings right because there's a process in all of it like you know soaking with simple syrup candied cherries you know goes on a conveyor yeah. belt not everybody has that in their brain like how things actually are made in the real world so yeah. um that probably taught you a lot of things and we are all super hungry now maureen said so in the comments <laughs> as well. like candy yeah. cherries <laughs> Yeah. No, I did that. Yeah. I only did that for two months, to be honest. And then I started college and I just had a part-time job at a energy company. So I went straight into an office job. I never, I've not had an office job after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My first job was working at Baskin Robbins, which is an ice cream shop. And so I learned how to mop floors, I feel like, because they were like, can you mop? And I was like, yeah, I can mop. And then I like backed myself out into a corner. I had to mop from the front door to basically the back area. But I started at the back area towards the front door. And they're like, how are you going to get back? You're going to just walk back through. So every time I, I mop now, I think about how I learned to mop. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. It's so true, you know, because the employees and stuff. So I learned this in... Um, at my MBA, my night classes, that the reason why um, Wendy's has square um, burger patties. Burger, but, uh, it's patties. a fast food restaurant. I'm not yeah, sure it's a fast food restaurant. Yeah. If you're all wondering, if you're across the pond, like Sarah <laughs> is, um, it's a fast food restaurant. And I always thought it was because um, to be different and then that they didn't want to waste anything. But it actually was to remind their customer or their not their customers, their um, employees don't cut corners. Mm. So it served as a value of their business that don't cut corners, which I don't know if you have that saying over there across the pond, but it means that... <laughs> it probably came from here. <laughs> She's like, you know, we started. We started you all. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a whole different mystery like world. Language. Your language started over yeah. here. <laughs> Your language is ours. Yeah. Just what you have more used. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> Yeah, Color, we, don't, right? we don't we don't cut, we don't cut corners by taking out the U out of everything. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, so funny. Um, so you've built this amazing business, and you actually have two businesses, right? Yeah, so like you don't have um, enough on your plate. Your yeah, no, I, I'm not even going to tell you about the future ones, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, so as we uh, grew the party company, uh, um. We just kept buying bigger warehouses. And I, I know that sounds weird. We've never rented. So we've always purchased a commercial property because we're lucky enough to be in a city where it's not as extortionate as other bigger cities. Uh, so we found ourselves in this big place. And then we started getting questions through people, just through word of mouth. Um, would you mind, because you're doing such a great job of your own service, uh, customers were getting next day deliveries and they were waiting for everyone else to ship out to them a week later. In the same industry, this is. Uh, so we started offering a fulfillment service. So storing, picking, packing, and so on. And it just took off. And in fact, we've got a lot of US and Canadian brands with us as well. Uh, so after Brexit, obviously, they had a lot of issues with um, 
continuing to supply British and EU uh, orders. Uh, so we have US brands who are currently with us and we sort out all the custom side of things. We ship everywhere and it continues to allow them to expand their base uh, where they previously wouldn't have. So it's really helped to you know kind of help them to expand and continue to grow. Yeah. So if a US so, brand wanted to sell to, you know, to Britain and the, the EU, the yeah. Europe, um, they could send their products to you and your company would be yeah. the fulfillment center to ship out there. Yeah. So we specialize in e-commerce brands, uh, particularly small and light items. Just anything less than 10 kg, we would consider light. Uh, so um, I don't know what that is in pounds. I'm going to look Sorry. it up. Don't worry. Yeah. I don't want to throw you off with the metric uh, system. Uh, a million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we are not math experts. Um, oh, it's no. actually, um, it's uh, 22 pounds. 22 okay. pounds, okay. Yeah, so anything less than that is kind of like a go-to. Uh, so yeah, so we have uh, US and Canadian, com- well, uh, any brand that's with us, whether they're selling on Amazon, Etsy, their own Shopify website, it doesn't matter. They connect to a fulfillment software and any orders you get, it doesn't have to be a different website, like a UK one. It could be your US one. But if you're getting international orders from UK or EU, we can cover all of them. And because we're a fulfillment center, we have amazing rates. Our storage is really, really low cost. And um, yeah, it's just been great. We actually have a wait list of people, but we've opened up doors again because every summer we open up doors to new clients. So yeah, if anyone's interested, please do get in touch. Sounds amazing. When you start referring you out more? Or the website? It's peacockfulfillment.com. Oh, well, look at that on brand. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, right? I know. I was yeah. just, you know, in my mind thinking, what can we sell for the product boss in the UK? Or you just sell little labels <laughs> in the UK? I mean, I do yeah, already yeah. sell through Amazon yeah. though. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're very lightweight. They don't take up much space. <laughs> yeah. But say you sold them on Etsy or your website or anywhere else, then, you know, um, your customers could be paying domestic shipping rather than international shipping. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ears up, my friends out there that want to expand um, to the, to Europe. Um, just so incredible, and the business that you've built and the niche that you've filled, and I and I think that's what is something to think about here for everybody is that you you saw a niche, and even if it's a, you know, someone might say, oh, that's a smaller niche, or I think you've even worried sometimes about bigger companies doing what you do, but you're so specific to the niche, and you've got your, it's heart centered, and you know what people need and want, and like you said, you stay yeah. ahead of of the crowd. It doesn't matter who, you know, if someone else decides to do Ramadan, they'll do Ramadan in their own small version. Like I get the end cap, the target end cap for Hanukkah and then they move on. Right. But you've got, you're building a brand around religious holidays, occasions, festivals that people can come back to for each holiday. Right. It's not just the, like the commercial marketed ones. Yeah, exactly. So we have seen uh, a shift in recent years where bigger brands are dipping their toes into Ramadan and Eid. And um, it's always going to be a little worrying. But to be honest, we know that once they release that one range, that's going to be their range for years and years. They're never going Mm -hmm. to really update it. Whereas, I mean, like you always uh, advise, you need to go deep rather than wide. And that's what we do. So we specialize in um, faith-based and cultural celebrations. But we have, for instance, six ranges just for Eid, which is our key cel- uh, key celebration in the year. We just this year also launched a sustainable range, which no one has ever done. And that's just part of our drive to always be innovating. So good. 
So thank you for being on today. Would you mind sharing with our listeners how they can buy from you, follow you, share you, all the things? Both companies, actually, please. Yeah, that's fine. So um, our party company is PeacockSupplies.com and you can find us on Instagram or anywhere else at Peacock Supplies. And if you're interested in fulfillment uh, for your e-commerce brand, uh, then you can uh, message us on at Peacock Supplies. It'll still come through. Or you can go to our website and register your interest at PeacockFulfillment.com. Amazing. And I would ask everyone listening, if you have friends that celebrate these holidays, let them know about Peacock Supplies because this is something that, I mean, between Mina and I, Chinese New Year, you know, Rosh Hashanah, things like that, that it would be great to have access to. So make sure to share these with your friends um, that are celebrating the other, you know, religious holidays and whatnot, because we're looking for it and you have the key to share with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on, Sarah. No, thank you so much for all your support. And honestly, you guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. You are too. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Class Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.